podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Every night and I pray, asking Lord, let him hear, I got something to say. There's a fear out there and it's coming your way. Don't let it stop you from living for what you were made. It's not a dream, it's a destiny. All right, welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, your co-host, Stacey J. Once again, unfortunately, Kayla would not be able to make it for this episode as things just got wild around here. But... The show must go on, unfortunately. So, all of this being said, NBA trade deadline is just something. Um, nice for you to rejoin us, Stacey. Listen, you know the Wi-Fi is my worst enemy. Literally yeah. throwing hands every second of the day. Right, right. You know, I was getting pretty nervous when you... I was like, <laughs> Wow. But yes, Kayla's unfortunately not going to join us for this episode, like already stated, but the show must go on. Hopefully, she's back next week to join us. Yeah, girl. I know. I know. Bummer, right? Yeah. Like, who is she going to miss talking about all these, this trade wildness? This trade Yeah. Wildness. Yeah. She missed last week's episode, which was a classic to me. By the way, you just remind me. I got to finish uploading the content there. Like, just mm-hmm. and. I guess, you know, the more work, the better, right? Listen, being busy ain't never been a bad thing. It's really never. It's really haven't been, which is a good thing. But show must go on. Pretty sure she'll love and support us either way. Now, the NBA trade deadline is something like no other. And it it wouldn't make sense for us to, as a Laker fan, a native New Jersey and New York in, to not kick off this episode talking about Kyrie Irving being traded to the Dallas Mavericks. It, Honestly. It's been a long time coming. Like, no, I, I think that we weren't expecting it to be Dallas. Exactly. Everybody was expecting it to be LA for the most part, but as we found out, his GM is a hater. So, <laughs> a real <laughs> hater. Big but you got to give him props, though. It he he was smart with it because mm-hmm. I would not hand Kyrie Irving to both LeBron James and AD, knowing that they're both back. They're both are arguably healthy for the first time, and the Lakers slowly but surely started to turn the corner just a little. Obviously, just coming up short in the wrong moments, like the last game against the Thunder, coming up short. The Lakers need a shooter. They know that. And it's just straight like that. I, I'm kind of disappointed. I was actually looking forward to Kyrie and LeBron both in L.A. with AD. But you said it the best. You know, the next GM is a hater. Plus, he don't. he's really not feeling Kyrie requesting a trade, especially with all the controversy that happened in the previous offseason with him wanting to be out then. But you got to think about that. Um Honestly, I think a lot of people would have probably knocked him if he would have traded, you know, him to LeBron and AD in LA with 
with uh, Darvin Ham and them guys. But the part that people, to me, is overlooking is the fact that he is now with Luka Donick in Dallas. Finally got some help, huh? Yes, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. They don't not just have now one shooter. They now got two. That's going to be problematic for the West because this was a team that was in the Final Four last year, who was in the Western Conference last year, and that was practically Luka Donick by himself. Now that if you can get the Kyrie Irving that was in Cleveland with LeBron James, we could be talking about the Dallas Mavericks a whole nother way. Because honestly, the only team that stood in their way last year is the Warriors. And I still got them. I still had them as my dark horse pick entering the season this year with, you know, to come out the West. Because what did they lose? The only thing the Mavericks did was gain in this. Yeah, they may have lost a couple of draft picks. Yeah, they may have got rid of some dead weight. But at the end of the day, it was needed. I think everyone could agree that you may not like Kyrie Irving, the player. Some of us, I still do. Or, you know, you may not like Kyrie Irving, the person. Some of us. No, I still do. But you will always love and embrace Kyrie, the player. And I think the only reason why people stayed away from Kyrie in this trade except for the Lakers and the Mavs. And I will, I forgot who the other team was that was going to be in the mix for it. But I think the reason why people stayed away from that is – It was the Suns, wasn't it? His attitude. Um, I think it was the Raptors. Yeah, it was the Suns. The really? Raptors? Yeah, because we're actually going to talk about the big move the Suns just made. Oh, yeah. Mm. Big move it's the Suns just made. Things. As a matter of fact, that's up next. But mm-hmm. – Enough with me. Let's land with you because I think they heard enough of my take on that. No, we can never get enough. What do you mean? But um, it was cool just a week ago when John Morant said he's cool in the West. I don't think he's too cool. Like he sh- he should have just sat. He should have just sat there and ate his food because yeah. his world has been turned upside down in literally less than a week. Like within one move, within one one move, and then another one, which we're going to get to. But you already touched on it. Luca by himself, pulling the team by himself on the Mavericks was a problem. Now you have Kyrie. The only thing that can keep them from getting to the top would be chemistry. We have to see how they work, work together um, and how they like their chemistry on the court. And I mean, the locker room, I'm pretty sure they could. Luca doesn't seem like somebody that's going to let, you know, personal shit get in between him getting it done on the court. But they have literally nothing to lose now. Like, it's scary hours in the West, as you said. This is a great, great move. Great, unpredicted move by Dallas. But I'm finally, we've been yelling that Luca needed help for years. For years, we've been yelling that Luca needs help. And they finally got it. So now the pressure is really on. Luca, you got a little bit of help. What you going to do with it? Yeah, you you landed it right. Um, I think they're gonna be pretty well. Honestly, it's just gonna depend on which Kyrie Irving you're gonna get at mm. this rate because they already came out. You know, Adrian already came out. I don't even have to give the last name. You know who Adrian is. Who reports on NBA and Sham already came out, both stating that a contract extension in the summer, you know, within the summer, this July to be more exact, it's not guaranteed. So Mm. that could definitely be a distraction, 
but I don't think it's going to affect um, what's going on right now in Dallas. I think Kyrie slowly but surely is understanding what he has with Luka Donick. It's their first ever like iconic or elite player since Dirk Nowitzki. So when you have that in your corner and you know you're not the only shooter and you know you got someone that can hold it down even when you slack, it's going to force you to step your game up because Kyrie Irving, even though as much as he loves and embraces teammates, especially guys like LeBron, I'm pretty sure he felt the same way about KD. The one thing he does wants to be, if it's up to him, is the star of the team. And being in Dallas with Luka Donna can make that pretty hard, especially when you're not bringing your A game, which unfortunately some people label Kyrie has not been or someone who has not done as of lately. Someone who's not done that as of lately. But I think this is honestly the next step for the Mavericks because Luka Donna got back up. And these guys are extremely young in Dallas. This is a team that was in, like I said before, in the final four of the whole league. They finished, what, third out of everyone, maybe fourth? That's not bad because this is a team that was not expected. I'm pretty sure, like, I was really the only one in my own island, and this was before the final four teams were selected out of them, the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Heat. I picked them as the dark horse pick for the NBA finals last year. I picked them as the dark horse to come out the West because I didn't really see much in the Grizzlies that truly make me believe they can give Golden State a run for their money. I don't care about the regular season. We all know how the Warriors would be. Yeah, they have their slack. That's all great teams in, in the regular season. You're playing what, 84 games. Like, right. who do you know that's going hard for 84 games? That's really exactly. unrealistic. Exactly. Especially now that you factor in load management. You're not going to be playing with your entire team for, like, a quarter of the season if you factor in all the load management games. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. rubbish. Yeah, definitely. And that's the crazy thing. And a lot of people just didn't understand that. The Mavericks can hang with the Warriors. As a matter of fact, the Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken, were 3-0 and or 3-1 and against the Warriors. And that was a healthy Golden State Warrior team. So if they could take, so if they could take down them, I don't see anyone in the West beating them at their best. And that's exactly what we saw. They knocked out the Suns. They knocked out the Nuggets. And we're here. But they were there. And I think, honestly, with the way things are going in the West right now, as you and I are both up here speaking on this move, I would not be surprised, especially with this blockbuster move they made for Kyrie Irving, that they are back in the NBA, in the Western, NBA Western Conference Finals this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are the ones to come out the West. Right. I think they're fifth in the West right now without with Kyrie just playing his first game, they were already like fifth in the West. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch either way. It is, is, you know, so to all of you Maverick fans, you know, all you general basketball, if you're a sports fan, period. I hope y'all got y'all tickets before the price went up because baby, that price is already expensive because of Luca. You add Kyrie exactly. to that. Listen, and the fact that listen. they're a great team right now or a good team right now, well, how, how, however you want to label them, this yeah. is a team that's mm-hmm. in the conversation, not just for the West, but for the NBA Finals. 
Right. Huh? That conversation arguably just possibly ended, you know, just in case this move that we're going to speak about next doesn't work out well. Right. And this, are we sliding on into it? Oh, yeah. Let's slide. Okay. For those of you that do not know, Kevin Durant was traded to the Phoenix Suns for, uh, I don't remember everything, but I know that Phoenix gave up like four or five first round picks as well as, um, you pulling it up? Oh, yeah. I have to pull it up. But no, yeah. you go ahead, Stacey. Go um, ahead. I'll drop my take We're going to give you the trade details. But uh, if you, I mean, let me give you a little bit of history. If you do remember, last year, the Suns were trying to reach a deal with the Nets to get KD. And they were using DeAndre Ayton as the trading piece in order to get KD. And that deal didn't go through. And this is a this let me just take a moment to take you to church. You know what? Delayed does not mean denied because you know what happened? The Suns ended up getting KD and keeping Aiden and CP3 and Devin Booker. <laughs> what does they start in five look like? A, a real caliber team. Honestly, you just introduced the topic better than I ever would. Um, but so props to you on that. But we gotta, man. I think I speak for us both. This the West is the West is crazy. The West the is West, crazy. And then the you think about the move the Lakers made. But we we can get into that down. But we gotta talk about this. Kevin Durant is back in the West. He's back in the West, and he's back with a team that was just in the Final Four two years ago in the same boat the Dallas Mavericks was in. And this was a team that was, if I'm not mistaken, the number one, the number two seed that year. Now with Jay Crowder, with Devin Booker, with Chris Paul. Jay Crowder got um, traded. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. But still, <laughs> but I still, mean, I actually forgot got, he got traded. See, it's so much happening that you, yeah, yeah, listen, listen. it's, but, it's um, a drunk day. It's a drunk day. That's what we gonna call it. Well, I'm nah, that's call fine. It. That's but fine. But yeah, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and now you got Kevin Durant, and you get to keep Aiden, which you had to sacrifice if the trade would have went through before. And I feel. Like, this is going to be really big for the Suns because the main narrative that you had with the Suns going into the playoffs is that CP3 disappears when you need him the most. He is the captain of the team. He is the conductor. Everyone knows it, but they need his production. And when he does not produce, it is evident on the floor. They have now supplemented CP3 if he is unable to perform. At the level that they all expect them to in the finals, KD is there to pick up that slack. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Let's just call him their insurance policy. He is the insurance policy. And unlike when he joined the Warriors, when they were already an unbeatable super team, the the Suns needed that extra piece to the point where they figured if they had to get rid of CP3 to uh, to do it, which um, they were going to to the Lakers, but we gonna get there. Um, But this is exactly what they needed. So Definitely. it's it's going to this is gonna be it's gonna be the West. 
to the down to the nitty gritty of the West when it comes down to playoffs, it's gonna be great. If it's y'all be popcorn. Bet, get your popcorn put some ready. Money on it now. Put some money on it now if you if you're betting. Yes, because this is gonna be wild. This is literally gonna be wild. Wow. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I cannot sit here and say anything differently. I could have not said this better myself. I'm actually excited for the playoffs, whether my team punches their ticket in or not, even though definitely impressed with their moves that, that they have just made recently. But you got to think about it. If you are the Phoenix Suns, I think with this move alone, at this rate with this team and where everyone's at with chemistry, it's NBA finals. It just might be NBA finals or bust. That's the way I see it. Because now with this move, you don't have no excuse in the book None. to not make it out the West. You, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and you got yourself Kevin Durant, a big man. You, that alone, you got, you got a big three. And when you have that with the with the crap that the Grizzlies are doing, and huh, we could definitely tap into that if you would like to. We could definitely tap into oh, that yeah. because I, I I can't with the Grizzlies at this moment. But we we're gonna give the spotlight though. We're gonna give the spotlight though to the to the Phoenix Suns here and the Brooklyn Nets because the Nets did something that. Me as a GM, I wouldn't have the audacity to do, especially after trading Kyrie Irving. You need some star power <gasps> in Brooklyn. And... Oh, they got Ben Simmons. But he's not reliable. And he's I was not being Kevin so Durant, And he's not <laughs> Kyrie Irving when his head is right. So to, to, to sum that up, y'all are real mean. The internet is real mean. Y'all really get on Beyonce's internet and clown all day. Someone said that Ben Simmons is <laughs> Ben Simmons is gonna show y'all and put up eight points today. I said y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. He gonna show y'all. God bless Ben. You know, um, he's been through a lot. His journey to um the Nets to Brooklyn was treacherous. It was full of its own issues, and he honestly, honestly thought that this was going to be it for him like he was thought he was going to walk there with a ring walk out of there with a ring and I hope that I'm not overstepping when I say this but the Brooklyn Nets have been the biggest disappointment in the past four years of any sports franchise within the, the span of time with the talent that they had that we yeah. have ever seen how do you have James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, and, and Ben bag. Simmons, and and Ben Simmons who joined later and fumbled that bag so hard. I think they only played a total of twenty two games together over the span of three or four years that they were together, and it was a series of unfortunate events. We know, but they never could get it going, which is why I said with Kyrie going to the. Mavs and even with KD going to the Suns, if they don't have chemistry on that team, it's going to kill it. We've seen this. We've also seen it with um, Russell Westbrook, who we're going to talk about, KD and James Harden down in, in OKC. Chemistry killed them as well. So it doesn't matter how much talent you have. If the chemistry isn't there, it's not going to work. And 
back to blessing Ben Simmons. I, I, this is really an opportunity for him to step up. They yeah. aren't working with much now. Nobody really is giving the Nets any type of like. We don't believe that they're gonna do anything. Let's just say that. And now was the time for Ben Simmons to really step up, put all the this past behind him and his strife behind him, and do something. Do something, Ben Simmons. Like you know, he can really get the monkey off his back right now. And I mean, he kind of has to. He's the marquee name on the team at the moment. Yes. They're going to have to do something in Brooklyn. Um, I'm not even sure. Like, we can't argue, in my opinion, right now for Ben Simmons the way we can argue for Kevin Durant or for Kyrie Irving. Because Kyrie, the problem with everyone with Kyrie, you're there sometimes, but you're not there. You're causing, you know, controversy within the organizations you're at. And you're just stealing headlines for contract negotiations and you're not giving us what we want. You're not giving us the Kyrie we know you can be or we know that you are. I'm going to stop saying we because I don't feel that way. Um, I'm going to say them. I think that's the better term. The better term would be them because they got it out for Kyrie. They have it out for Kevin, I mean, yeah, they have it out for Kyrie. They have something against them. I don't hate Kyrie. I think I don't think I can. I don't think I can hate Kyrie Irving. I don't have it in me because I like him so much as a player. And to me, in my opinion personally, I think Kyrie Irving is just misunderstood. I think he understood that the that the Brooklyn Nets with him, Kevin Durant, James Harden, or him, KD, and Ben Simmons has been, what you said, a disappointment. And when you are that and you're a competitor like Kyrie and you are that caliber player who's known for high performances but your team record doesn't show it, unlike his days where it was him, Kevin Love, LeBron, it's going to frustrate you because the one player that everyone who was currently in the league that everyone compared to LeBron or said that was ever better than LeBron was the guy he was with in Brooklyn, which is Kevin Durant. That was the ultimate argument, was who is the better player, LeBron James or KD? Who going to make a bigger impact? That was the story of the league from years 2015 or 2016 all the way to, I believe it was 2019 or 2020 when LeBron ran the table on the West after making the, after the Lakers made the move. For, you know, for AD trading, you know, trading for him, giving up three first rounders, giving the Pelicans, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. So when you are doing that and you are making those risks and you are playing with a guy who, you know, even on paper, when healthy, could give LeBron James, if not hat, will give LeBron James a run for their, a run for his money. You're going to be frustrated. Especially when you know that on paper, this team has no business missing the playoffs. This team has no business not being in the NBA Finals or at least in the Final Four or in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Nets has failed to do that. Getting swept by Boston, fans is not showing up when you know the only reason why they were ever there is because of you Mm -hmm. along with your teammates, KD, Ben Simmons, or KD and... James Harden, that's going to be problematic for you from a mental and emotional standpoint 
alone and which will which would uh, affect you as a competitor and that and that's really what it was with Kyrie I think that right there to me them getting swept and embarrassed in the first round in their home turf in Brooklyn I believe personally that that is what's the final straw with Kyrie Irving along with not getting his contract extension along with other things that were probably said behind the scenes I am not a NBA reporter I'm a podcaster, so I'm going by the stuff that was said. It's a basically he say, she say, nay say thing right here. But when you are that type of, when you go through that, and we all know how front office and organizational discussions work, even when they are at the booth or they are or they are at the podium, podium, correct me, they're not going to reveal word for word everything that was said between you and the other party. They're going to tell y'all what y'all want to hear or not even what y'all want to hear because what y'all want to hear is honestly from a people standpoint what you need to know. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you what they feel you need to know or what is in their terms your business to know. They're not going to tell you all the things they said about Kyrie Irving because it can't, it might or it might not change people's perception of what they think about Kyrie. So Mm -hmm. I think like the Nets general manager was just, you could say by keeping his mouth shut, he arguably was saving his ass because we all know if things come out that was said to Kyrie that was not supposed to be said behind closed doors along with KD being shocked and now they're just stuck with Ben Simmons, Lord knows. Lord knows how bad that's going to make the Nets organization look with all the poverty years that they put their fans into hopping state from state from New Jersey to New York, from New York back to New Jersey, and so on. That's going to put them in massive trouble right there, mm-hmm. if, it, if it is. Because you had this guy for the net for the past two to three years being villainized by the sports community, by the sports media, to be more exact, because you had players defending Kyrie. You even had some people from ESPN, to be more exact. We're not going to mention names here because we don't want to promote the controversy that was happening on the ESPN show that you and I both know and seen videos of. But when you have people like that, or maybe one like out of like eight people working for a major company like that, whose job is to talk about this defending you, um, and while the other like seven is against you, so or seven or nine people are against you, a one to six or a one to eight ratio, pretty much, it's 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 not a good look for Kyrie. But if you know, if other things that were supposed to come out eventually comes out down the road, this could definitely have people change their perception of Kyrie, like like that. Because I think that's that would be the only problem I think anyone would have Kyrie with Kyrie is the he say, she say, nay say things that were coming in and out the Nets organization. But. And it was definitely something going on in the front office and the back office with the Nets. Uh, definitely. They quoted Kyrie after his first game with the Mavs. They let him know that KD had gotten traded to the Suns. And he said, good for him. I'm glad that he finally got out of there. Wow. And it was a very loaded statement. So everybody's like, hmm. And of course, you know, for business wise, you know, 
you, for business purposes and, you know, contract purposes, maybe, you know, you're never really going to know what happens. You just got to wait till it's all said and done and 30 for 30 comes out. But clearly it was a toxic environment. Everybody's pointing fingers at who created the toxic environment, who perpetuated the toxic, toxic environment and who maintained it. But we will see now that KD and Kyrie are both gone. And what we did see was KD actually defending Kyrie up until he left one way or another. He stayed defending Kyrie. So we'll never really know. We didn't know if it was them against the machine or if the machine was trying to hold them both accountable and they weren't with it. We all know that Kyrie is a very individual um, thinker. He's a, he's not group mind, like, and not in a negative way. Like he doesn't follow the crowd type of thing and that intimidates the front office because you can't motivate or manipulate him with money you can't motivate or manipulate him with like fear of being uh, benched of being traded or anything like that so what do you do with that type of player so they very well could have created created the narrative and perpetuated the narrative about Kyrie but we will see with the Mavs. We know that Kyrie also had some issues with the Celtics, and he also had some issues with the Cavs. So hopefully it's a different story here, and we shall see. But I'm ready for the 30 for 30 about the whole super team that was never. Yeah, that's going to be a good 30 for 30. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm going to have to grab some popcorn and watch that one. That's That should be on ESPN more. Not this constant down talk about Kyrie. Let's put them all on the 30 for 30. That's actually a good idea because we get everybody's side to the story. We'll mm -hmm. get the GM. We'll get the owner. We get KDs. We even get Ben Simmons a little. We could definitely get James Harden because him being traded out of Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD in their corner – disappointing but James Harden's been asking to be shot practically everywhere first out of Houston then you know no first out of OKC okay see yeah. start there then I believe he got shipped to Houston mm -hmm. then he got shipped to uh Brooklyn and now I believe he's in Philadelphia yep so that's four teams within the next within the past four years that's the difference between Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, even though he hardly been out there, and James Harden. But this definitely falls, the downfall of the Brooklyn Nets, without question, definitely falls on the hands of the Nets GM. And I may be a little exaggerative here when I mention that, or when I say that, correct me, when I say that, you know, he just did an awful job in maintaining his players and keeping his star players. Um, that this does fall a little on him. You know, maybe it could be an ego thing with all these star players and, you know, them believing they're him, and rightfully so. But you got to know how to keep your organization under control and know how to mm -hmm. run an organization. And honestly, in my opinion, he lost this deadline. He lost he the trade. He and did. F's all around. <laughs> yeah, F's across the board. Because what did you get in the process of losing all of this? You did not get, to me, enough of good draft capital. You did not. You lost Kyrie Irving, James Harden, 
and Kevin Durant within the past two seasons or past two years, however you want to format it, for back for one fourth filled of a bag of chips, and the, and I'm talking about the cheap brand. I ain't talking about the Wise or the freaking you know Cheeto brands or the Doritos. No, I'm talking about the little nasty chips that you eat out of desperation when you don't have no other snack to eat. That's what he lost the street. That's what he gained by trading them, and for that nasty. Juice, nasty juice brand that nobody that only people buy like people only buy when they're on the freaking when they're on a the budget or something that's what he lost them for so you know what no here's a better reference but empty bag of chips and a freaking damn empty can of soda even though mine's is not so empty right now but still um <laughs> didn't even get this out didn't even get this out of the trade and they definitely have to that's pick- bad business yeah, they definitely have to be very, very smart with their draft picks. They got four first round, first round draft picks. For oh, they're gonna blow it, KD. They have, they, they don't have a choice. They have to be so, so very smart with those draft picks. That's the only way that they're gonna be able to survive because um, the Celtics are burning ground. They're going crazy. The Bucks haven't slowed down. Like, there, it's not. The West is on fire, but the East is in a cakewalk. So it ain't. And then don't forget <laughs> the Miami Heat. Oh yeah, and the Heat. I knew I was missing one. The Heat. Yeah. So yeah, there is. This is not going to be that year. Next year probably won't be it either. We'll see what they do with those draft picks and Godspeed to them. Yeah, um, I think that their Heat. Okay, I think that the Nets to me are going back to a rebuilding phase. It's not even a reloading no more. It's a rebuilding phase. They're going to definitely, like you said, they're going to definitely going to have to hit this up these next two to three draft years out of the park. They're going to have to to even make up for remotely the amount of value they just lost. And you cannot lose pieces like Kyrie, KD, James Harden, barely have Ben Simmons and not have anything to show for it. So you could definitely be free agency. Look out for the Nets. Let's see what they can do. But the draft is to me is good what's going to determine the ultimate future of this organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, but and we done with the nets. Yeah, we wrapped it up, girl. <laughs> so we could now definitely get started though about an ultimate question that a lot of people ask. Did the LA Lakers win the trade deadline? I think they did. I think they did a very good job with their um, with the trade deadline, only because the Lakers were in a very impossible situation. They needed a lot of pieces, and they had no money to do it. So they had to be very strategic and very smart with the pieces that they had on the table. And <laughs> they got rid of Pat Bev. We all love to hate Pat Bev. I thought he was going to be safe. I thought he made it, but late in the midnight hour – Coming up on that deadline, they sent him to the Magic from Obamba. And yes. they got in the trade um, for Russell Westbrook. They ended up getting D'Angelo Russell, who is making his way back to L.A. after his fun departure, and um, a few other players. So I think they did very well moving the pieces that they had to get things that they needed. Agree with you. I definitely agree with that. Um, I thought my Lakers would be in trouble heading into this year, in my opinion, because I just it was looking a mess on that roster. 
So, you know, credit to uh, Palinka, credit to Jeannie Buss. And if LeBron, you had any type of word in this, credit to you as well with all the criticism that I and many others have given you. But I'm not going to be like all these other critics and just stay silent as if, if he did have word in this trade, this was not a good move for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, out of the big three, it sucks to say, but Russell Westbrook was the weak link. He was, to me, the one who just did not come up as big as he should in consistent moments. Like AD does when healthy, like LeBron does, but you cannot expect anyone at this rate to be LeBron James. The fact that he's still playing at a high level, averaging about 25 points a game or 24 points a game at the age of 38, breaking Kareem, Pat, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list, and now is the leading scorer of all time, and he is not done. And the he's fact that we still got a long season until, like, what, April, May? It was when the playoffs start coming. We don't know what we're going to get out the Lakers. But honestly, I'm happy for my Lakers right now because I just cannot – I cannot be happy that at least I could say my boys are trying – to make some moves they're trying to bring la back to the forefront where it belongs and that is on top of the basketball world at least i can say they're trying but the move for russell westbrook in my opinion it was long overdue because his tenor in la was just straight up not working and when things are just not working out it's time for a divorce. And I think that's what all relationships are like. And it was slowly but surely looking there. Darvin Ham tried everything he could, but it was just not flying. And we've seen that in the last three games. It was just not working out. It was possibly like too many Eagles on one team and you got to pick who's going to shop. Like, who are you shopping, him or AD? When both went healthy. We all know that Russell Westbrook could stay healthier than Anthony Davis, unfortunately. But... I'm impressed with Anthony Davis and how healthy he was remaining to be. Let's just knock on wood because we're going to need that. We're going to definitely need that. Knock on all right the wood because yeah, I'm not going to If, if a strong wind blows because through, because we AD's know the damage AD so. can do. Yes, girl. We know the damage AD can do when healthy. We know this. Anthony Davis by himself. We know what he could do when healthy. So just imagine when him and LeBron gets back on the, you know, gets back to being themselves. We could be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers because, yes, they are the 12th or 13th seed in the West right now. But what people don't understand about the Western Conference, it's only a one to two game differential. And we got plenty of left this year. Mm -hmm. And with these moves that the Lakers made, they got themselves big men. They got themselves veterans that could still go. LeBron AD leading the way as expected. And now they got, you know, they got a lot of pieces now. So I'm happy. They got D'Angelo Russell. They got um, Malik Beasley. And they got Jerry Vanderbilt. So when you got all these pieces and you got, you know, AD and LeBron, you arguably got a legit starting five. You know what I'm saying? So we could definitely be seeing the Lakers slowly but surely have a turnaround and make a good run for the playoffs. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's going to be very exciting to see as well. And going back to Russell Westbrook, ooh, girl, excuse me, being the the issue here, it was, he's like the, the ugly girl in the room. Like he was there, you spent a lot of money on him, you wanted it to work, and it just never worked. It never worked. And it it's been years of speculating and debating and I honestly thought that they would not get rid of him before his contract was up. Only because it's been so many years of him and in Han about whether his role on the team, how to make incorporate him better, trying to get him in his groove. And honestly, he hasn't been playing terribly this season individually. If you look at his numbers, they're not bad for someone that's not on Russell Westbrook's level. But uh you look at it, he got his monster contract in 2017 with the Thunder, I believe, and it's $205 million, and he's been traded, like, almost every year since he got that big contract. So now the real question is, is Russell Westbrook really the problem on yeah. all the teams? Yeah. Is he really the problem? Is he being exposed now <laughs> that he's gone to the Lakers in a situation that was pretty much a gimme, that was pretty much a win? You playing next to LeBron? If you're Russell Westbrook, how do you lose when you're playing next to LeBron? But uh, And AD. And AD. And AD. And in the league, other league of extraordinary, extraordinary elders. I'm sorry. The AARP. L-A-A-R-P. But um, they had a lot of support. So now that he has been removed from the mix we are definitely going to see how the new head coach handles this this new stream of talent and where the Lakers go from there yeah I definitely agree with that um we gotta definitely get get into it because we got into it a little but we didn't get into it enough in my opinion and that's the LA Lakers trading you know, Patrick Beverly to the Orlando Magic for Mo Bamba. Um, I did not see that coming. Whoo! But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh my god! Like this. I'm mostly excited that the song gets. I hope they play the song. Mo Bamba. You remember you that song? It's still in slap. LA. It's in still slap. It's gonna slap in what's formerly known as Staples Arena. What is it now? Crypto Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, they need to change it back to Staples Center. They need to do that. They need to work something out with Staples because if there is a perfect time for the Lakers Stadium to move back to the Staples Center, it will be right now because the vibes are coming back to LA with these moves. These guys, and, and the thing that people are missing out on, these guys are not old men. These are young pieces the Lakers got who are who are reliable who to me can be better shooters than Russell Westbrook and who can put more around and who can produce more around LeBron and AD. And when you have that and you have a coach like Darvin Ham, who a lot of people are sold on and still sold on me being one of them because it's year one total dysfunction. This is the dysfunction that people seem to forget. They got, you know, uh, Frank Vogel booted out of LA last season, which is why Darvin Ham was hired. But when they realized that, it ain't Darvin Ham. It ain't Frank Vogel. It leads to moves like this being made. And unfortunately for Russell Westbrook, we get he grew up a Lakers fan, so did I. But he also understood the stand there in L.A., especially for a guard. And unfortunately, in my opinion, he did not meet that standard. 
So when you don't meet that standard and you got LeBron still playing at a huge level, can we say he's still in his prime? You could definitely say that at this rate. Like I said, averaging 24 to 25 points, 26 points a game, you know, 24 at the minimum or 23 at the minimum, just like a jersey number, and maybe like 32, correct me, at the most. That's still a pretty great range to be a 38-year-old guy like LeBron James. And if there is an ultimate example of age like fine wine, it will be LeBron James. So when you have all of that and you have everything, now you got shooters. So what I think for the Los Angeles Lakers, personally, there's no more excuses for them. There's no excuses for them because now you got pieces. You got D'Angelo Russell. You got Malik Beasley. You got uh, Jared Vanderblit. And then now you got Mo, you, you know, you got Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic with AD healthy. Thank God. Let's knock on wood again. And with LeBron James still playing at a high level, there's no excuse for the Los Angeles Lakers anymore. You're out of excuses. You're out of them for Darvin This has to work if you are the Los Angeles Lakers. This turnaround has to happen. The West is pretty weak right now. You are arguably one of the strongest teams, if not the strongest team on paper. Now, you know you, the Suns can give you a run for your money with getting Kevin Durant, with still having Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and them guys. They can give you a run for your money. We understand that. The Mavericks, without question, are going to give you a run for your money. With Luka Donick and the young boys around them, then you still now you got Kyrie Irving. You got all of this, but if you are the Los Angeles Lakers, they ain't a damn thing that they have that you don't. Maybe not at the level, but when you got LeBron and you got AD, you're not going to need guards at Kyrie level. They gave you enough pieces for your butts to stay healthy, your butts to produce on the court, and this ain't even going at LeBron because we can't go at him this month, you know, at this rate. LeBron James, the player, to me, is above criticism with all that he has shown, all that he has done. And maybe this is not what basketball fans want to hear, but you can't deny this. It's right in front of your face. It's pure evidence. Stats don't lie, and neither does film. And LeBron James has exceeded expectations at his age within both so when you have that you have ad healthy and you got these young pieces that we mentioned and then you just got mobama um out of orlando mm -hmm. you got more than enough pieces to get your butts at least to the playoffs and we can talk about everything else from there i completely agree no more excuses in la Definitely not. But they're not the only ones who made moves. Uh, we're on our last topic now to what we would like to call because the Houston Rockets are finalizing the deal to send Eric Gordon to the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Very interesting. Interesting. Because yeah. John Wall is already headed back to Houston from the Clippers. And if we all recall, John Wall left Houston in a it was not it was not they weren't on good terms. In a shitty situation. Left. Let's call it like it is. It was yeah that was I was yeah it is it is what it is. You're right. It was a pretty shitty situation in which he left Houston and he has been repeatedly um quoted on video 
calling the Rockets trash as early as like a year ago. So this reunion will be very interesting to say the least. I know one of John Wall's biggest complaints was that he was underutilized while at the Rockets. And there was he was hinting at ulterior motives and things like that for whatever they had going on that on that point in time. But he made it very clear that he plans on playing a larger role at the Rockets or in the Rockets organization since he is going back there. And I really am interested to see how they're going to utilize him because he's still in his prime. And I know that he doesn't want to waste his prime and his years in Houston sitting on the bench. So we'll see what they do there. And there, um, I'm sorry, I'm reading the screen. You guys are fans. I just deal to send Eric Gordon to the Clippers. We'll see how Eric Gordon does with the Clippers. Um, Kawhi is still there. Paul George is still there. And the West is a wild place. They're somewhere in between. When it comes to the race for the top, they're somewhere in the team, so they definitely have room for improving. We'll see what the loss of John Wall or how the loss of John Wall impacts them when it comes there. And we'll see if um, acquiring Eric Gordon makes a change. Yeah, agree with you 100% on that. Um, the Rockets, to me, without question, has always been this team that had like a good enough roster to contend, but not a good enough roster to complete the mission, if that makes sense. Because the unfortunates happen. Team injuries, trade moves. Remember, this is a Rockets team that once had Russell Westbrook and James Harden. We look up, neither one of them there. One got shipped to L.A. The other one got shipped to uh, Brooklyn. Both are now being shipped to different teams. You have Russell Westbrook being shipped to the Utah Jazz. You have now James Harden who was shipped to the Philadelphia 76ers last season. Now he's with Joel Embiid. Um, when you got all these people in and out your organization, and unfortunately because of that comes with high expectations, that's extremely problematic and frustrating for a general manager, for a coach, even for an owner who is just now starting to get their fans back and starting mm -hmm. and they're starting to actually – give a damn about the games and give a damn about the team, not just going to the games because there's nothing else to do. It's actually because they're awesome to watch. The expectations, they're excited. And when you have that and then you lose it within one move or one, you know, malfunction with the communication or respect or whatever it is or human emotion, whatever, you know, you want to label it as, within an organization, slowly but surely, if not indefinitely like this, you lose it all. So honestly, they've always been a wishy-washy up and down organization because of that. And it's not their fault. It's just certain people that's just not happy there, not mm -hmm. happy in Houston, not happy happen to pick up the slack of what others before them left behind. And they're just don't some players just want to go and get a ring like this. I think that's what practically nearly every player now is making the moves for. That's why we're seeing all these trade requests now. We are now in an era where people just don't want to lead their own teams no more, don't want that pressure. And when you have all of that, 
You have a lot of people like the Stephen A's of the world, like the Kendrick Perkins of the world, calling guys out, calling them weak moves. Like he, Stephen yeah. A, called Kevin Durant out not too long ago when he decided to leave the OKC Thunders and go to the Golden State Warriors, who they was just in the Western Conference Finals with, leaving Russell Westbrook by himself after they lost James Harden, I believe, a year or two ago. And when you have all of that and you got guys, and I'm not saying Kevin Durant did, you know, was a weak move or anything, because when you are a player like him, you're going to do what, what's best for you to win. And obviously he may know something or he without question knew something in that organization that we did not know. And whether he wants to display it or not at this rate in his career, it's none of our damn business. That's the way I see that. Cause you Katie, you don't got nothing else to prove except for, Getting that ring in in um Phoenix with the Suns. That's mm. it. That's all Kevin Durant has to prove himself to. We all know the reason why we was watching the Nets because of him, Kyrie Irving, with either Ben Simmons or James Harden. Unfortunately, neither one of them could come through for KD and Kyrie. And I think that's what led to it. Also, something funky going on in the front office with the Nets. But back to the Rockets, you're just a team who just has bad luck. They have bad luck. This is a team that we cannot say that doesn't try to win. Obviously, they want to keep as much as draft capital as they can because you don't want to lose. You don't want to end up investing too much into the now that you lose a lot for your future and you got nothing to save. Then that's like you having a million dollars and you look up. You have like a million dollars, but because you spent like let's say. $98,000 or whatever. You know, I'm not the best at math. Okay, no, that would actually be not $180,000. Um, say if you have that, right? And you look up and you only got 2000 left. That's not good. And I think that's what the Houston Rockets' biggest fear is. And they don't want to be one of those who invest so much but lose too many, you know, lose too much in the process. And I think that's why we don't see them make enough, like make as many moves as you would want them to for the city of Houston. Cause I would love to see some change. I would love to see the Rockets being the team to talk about in the Eastern conference or the, actually I forgot which conference they're in, but, but I believe, yeah, I believe they're in the East. Eastern conference. Yeah. I believe they're in the East, but you know, have my, cause listen, you kind of get confused with them and the Raptors because they practically have the same colors. But um, right, and also they're in the same state, but the Mavs are in the West. Yes, yes, the Mavs yeah, could definitely go. The Mavs, finally, you know, <laughs> at least the Mavs knew to get their blue and keep it pushing. But still, <laughs> but still, like they, they're they're an organization that's going to make moves when ready, not to make moves to win now, but to also win in the future. And I think that's why that plays a role in that. And I think a lot of players who came in and out that organizations like the James Hardens, like the Russell Westbrooks and others just didn't want to do that. They just, they came here to win now. So they want you guys to make moves. They want the front office to make moves that's going to win them now. But I think what, you know, many fail to understand. You also got to think about your future because you got to have a team that competes life after them so the winning can continue. So this Eric Gordon move to the Los Angeles Clippers is definitely going to be something to watch. 
because with Kawhi, you know, Paul George, and now Eric, and the way the Clippers are right now, people disrespectfully calling them the team of LA with no world title. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I just had to throw that in there because we all know when both LA teams is up, we know what's up already. We ain't going to act like we don't know. We, we know who brings home the chips and who comes up short. And we definitely going to see that now with all these trade deadlines and all these moves being made. But I don't wish nothing but the best for Eric Gordon. Obviously, you're on a contending team. It sucks to say as a Laker fan. You're on a contending team with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George and them guys. So there's no excuse for him now. But there's also no excuse for the LA Clippers because now you got a third leg. You got arguably one of the best in the league. But if you're the Houston Rockets, it's just rebuild mode for you. You just got to use as much draft capital as possible to get things going in Houston because this is one city, one major city that the NBA is definitely missing in contention. Absolutely. 1,000% agree. It's your turn, Stacey. <laughs> I said everything that I have to say about it. But um, yeah, you. I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, it's it's definitely. I feel like the Houston Rockets have been rebuilding for a very long time, and their fan base is getting a little bit restless. Um, when John Wall was there, I think part of the the issue that he was having is that they were trying to tank or do certain things in order to pr- improve their position, and it was just some general stuff that wasn't going on. So this is another one of those cases where they're going to heal, have to heal that back office in order to uh, really show the show what they need to do on the court and start getting some wins and start getting attracting some talent in there that can help them do that and it not be as toxic and um the clippers definitely are tired of being the second team in la especially with all that talent that they have there there's but they're gonna remain the team in la Because you were a Lakers fan, so yeah. We know. Listen, we know. We we know how the Clippers gonna be already. Like, oh, it's not boy. like we don't know how they are in the playoffs. Oh, it is, and and I don't think that they got the pieces that they need. They definitely could have done better in this trade to get more pieces that they need to help push them over their playoff near miss woes and everything. But. Uh, I think that they are working on a little bit of borrow time. Eventually you're going to have to repay Kawhi. Eventually you're going to have to repay um, PG and they're going to have to start making something shake. Yep. Without question, you're going to have to definitely start. Um, but when you are the late, uh, you could definitely with the straight deadline and with the moves you made, you can definitely argue that the Los Angeles Lakers on paper has a stronger roster right now than the LA Clippers. Roster-wise, death-wise, and health-wise. You could definitely argue that right now. But, um, yeah. Yeah, look at your face, Stacey. <laughs> Just look at your face. What about, what about my face? What about my face? Your face, say, your face say that you don't agree with that. But No, I was actually reading comments. Ryan said, how did the Lakers get those deals? Because we're you know the Lakers. Who Prayer. would not want to play in L.A.? Like, exactly. come on. But, it's a big media market. You playing with LeBron, um, NAD, NAD, and it took a little bit of maneuvering, and it did look like it was no way out for them. So that's another no, reason why they get A plus. I was calling for them to yeah. 
Sorry yeah. to interrupt. I was calling for them to get into a rebuild mode because I did not see this coming. So my Lakers, I got to give them their props, man. I got to give my Lakers their props on that one. They, without question, surprised me in the best way. They did not lose any of their strong links. If anything, they got rid of the weak link and both weak links and got stronger around death. But we've, we have already established there's no excuse now in L.A. You've mm-hmm. got shooters. You've got big men. It's time to go to work, be a one game behind practically every team in the West, one to two, three games behind with a couple of more to play, and you got to play these teams down the road. It's time to go to work. It's no more headlines, no more excuses. The only headline I want to see for my L.A. Lakers at this rate is for winning games, winning basketball games. Being one of the teams to beat in the West. Because with this roster alone, we I've said it before, I'll say it again. You have no excuse if you're the Lakers. None. None. But speaking of basketball, um, we're going to get into it. The latest happening around the ladies' world in basketball and the WNBA. Like, this is something we wanted to talk about. The previous episode, but a lot, <laughs> let's just say a lot in Petty Land has happened. <laughs> you definitely watch that episode. But are we ready to talk about it? The- yes. Candace Parker going to the, L- the LV Aces. They yeah. already have lots of talent there. They've been contenders every year. I believe they won last year. They won the championship last year. Candace Parker going, the other CP3. Lady CP3. The real CP3, in my opinion. Yeah. You Ooh. ain't going to make me change. Ooh. That's the one with the titles. <laughs> but um, that's a big time move. Uh, yeah. they were ne- they're nearly unstoppable before. They're not going to be. They're uh, definitely going to be unstoppable now. That was a great move on the ACC. In the West. In the West. In the West. Yes. And as happy as I am with the moves that my LA Sparks is making, they're going to need another year to compete with this ACES team to at least get to the drawing board, dial up some plays and some type of skills and compete with this LA, I meant not, excuse me, Las Vegas Aces team. Because when you are the Las Vegas Aces, you already had Aja Wilson, the defending, you know, defending AP defensive player of the year. Um, You have Kelsey Plum. You still have Chelsea Gray. You're the finals MVP. Now you got Candace Parker. The former WNBA 2020 Defensive Player of the Year, so or 2021 Defensive Player of the Year. So when you have all of this in LA, you have all of this. I mean, not in LA. Correct me. In Vegas, it's gonna be hard to stop, especially with Becky Hammond leading the way. Um, when I first seen this move, I was like, "Whoa!" Um, the fact that Candace came out herself. And announced this on her Instagram is something else. It's just nobody seen this coming. Not me. I'm pretty sure not Stacy, not Kayla, none of us. Um, we I expected her to resign with Chicago. I expected her to stay home and you know in Chi Town, but she has other plans. And when you are Candace Parker, you move anywhere you want to move. 
You know, you do what you want at this rate. I don't think anyone's going to say anything. No one's not going to criticize Candace Parker because you can't. Because she makes the ultimate, she makes the same exact impact on one team that she makes on another. And she is the player that everyone plays around. And I think that's what's going to be her role here with the Las Vegas Aces, even though they do got Agent Wilson, who is practically a younger version of, K of CP3, but she's not CP3. And then you got Kelsey Plum, you got... Um, Chelsea Gray, this is going to be a problematic team for years to come. And when you have that and you got that with everyone, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Who's stopping this team in the West? Because Seattle loses Sue Bird and mm -hmm. Brianna Stewart. They did sign Aurela Gutierrez, who was a, who was a stud at, you know, the Rutgers on the Rutgers women's basketball team back in her days in college, but she could be pretty rusty not playing in the, on the WNBA level for these next years, even though she within this past season, her and Tia Cooper, but Tia has not yet been signed. And honestly, that should be the ultimate question. Where mm -hmm. is she going to get signed? Cause she's one of the biggest markets in the WNBA, but CP three finding a new home in Las Vegas. I think I just said it stays it shocked all of us. I did not see Candace Parker out of all people with the competitive, with the competitor that she is. See what makes Candace the best. And I love Candace Parker. That's my favorite. But <laughs> what makes her the best is she beats the best. She usually doesn't join. So I think, you know, with this move, she might just be looking to be gone within the next year or two, but she wants another crack at that at that rink. I think that's what this is all about. This has nothing to do with a legacy, but I don't think anyone is going to judge Candace Parker on this move because this is the same Candace Parker that kept the L.A. Sparks relevant for all these years. This is mm -hmm. the same Candace Parker that put the Chicago Sky into the forefront of the WNBA these past two years. And now she joined the Las Vegas Aces with Aja Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, with Becky Hammond leading the way. You better watch out. You better pray that this is Candace Parker's last year because that woman is back there in Las Vegas this, you know, this season and the season after this season. You could just pack your bags and go home unless you're going to get a super team. And speaking of a super team, you know what? We can't even hop into that right now. Stacy, you want to wrap it up or wrap this subject up? Um, yes. Yeah. And I was going to ask, do you think that Candace Parker is going to retire within the next year or two making this move? Um, we knew that she wasn't completely satisfied in Chicago. Some things had transpired, but I definitely also didn't I'm think surprised that she was about the move she made in <laughs> Chicago. I thought she was going to finish it off home. But yeah, exactly, exactly. So and, the uh, sky lost pieces, man. It's just Kaleo there by herself right now. Right. So I was definitely shocked about this move, but um, you hit the nail on the head. She is the best because she beats the best, and joining the Aces was a great move for her in order to get her next ring. But definitely not one that I would have, yeah, that one that I would have predicted. So we can pretty much. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Y'all can quote me on this. Y'all can head and bet. Go ahead and bet this right now. Lock this in. And if your bet fails, I will find someone to, to cover your payout. But uh, the Aces are going to take it home again with CP3 so on the roster. And I think you can also, this is another hot take, once she gets this ring, that she will be done. She has been commentating a lot. Uh, 
in between the season and also in the off season. I think she's actually found her groove in doing that. And she actually likes doing that. And the gag is you get paid a lot more for being a commentator. Yeah. Becoming the first ever color commentator for the first ever woman to be a color commentator for the NBA all-star game coming up. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's an avenue that she's enjoying. And you know, we, when you when you get a woman of a certain age or person of a certain age that 30 plus club these knees ain't the same as they used to sometimes you're gonna rest these knees so go ahead and collect that bag rest these knees and you know get your ring and be out so that is my hot take and that is my bold prediction for the WNBA next season CP3 yeah. is gonna, uh, and the aces are gonna take it all the way again and she is gonna peace out with that being said Brianna Stewie, as we like to call her. Stewie, Stewie, it got the Stewie. Brianna Stewart and John Quill Jones, you already put it up there. Going to the New York Liberty, that is another big deal. That will be the only thing standing in the way of CP3 and the Aces. Yeah. So, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm actually excited. You know, we finally get a New York team that we can be excited about in <laughs> basketball. Because the Knicks find ways to fail. The Nets is just an atrocity right now. And then you got the, uh, Liberty. But honestly, I'm glad as a woman and as a New York, New Jersey native that we finally got a team that can represent outside, except for the Giants. But, you know, it, 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 it's a great move. Obviously, Sabrina, you know, in this school definitely needed help in New York. And she got some backup with players that are still young, still in their prime, John Quell Jones and Brianna Stewart. This is going to be the big three in the East this year. Without question, the, the, the Chicago Sky lost too many pieces, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but what I did not add, and I'm going to add this, and may I add that, they also got, if I am mistaken, they also got Courtney Vandersloot, who mm. was, you know, arguably behind Kalea Copper, if not mm. indefinitely, the best shooter on the Chicago Skies within these next within these past two seasons. They got her, they got Sabrina Inescu, they got um Brianna Stewart and John Quell Jones from the Connecticut Sun. Now, Brianna Stewart, I did not see her leaving the Seattle Storm. I thought, and I predicted, and I must admit I was wrong. Maybe I don't know people as good as I think I do. But I I thought that when Sue Bird announced her retirement from the WNBA, and we're going to miss the hell out that woman. Yeah. But when she, but, yes, when she announced her retirement, I thought that the torch of the Seattle Storm will officially be handed off to Brianna Stewart. I did not see her joining Sabrina Inescu in New York and then, Jaquel, and then John Quill Jones and Courtney Vandersloot joining forces right after that. I did not see that coming, and I am not knocking any of them because sometimes change is good. And when you, and trust me, for someone who was once traveling on West Coast time, I could definitely understand how complicated that could be. So you want to stay as much of a head as you can. And I think Brianna Stewart understood that. Um, Seattle may be a beautiful city, but it was clear as day that it is not what you need it to be if you're Brianna Stewart. Um, but them signing Arila Gutierrez to a one-year deal, 
we could definitely find out a lot about what they're going to be. And with this being said, um, you wanna you wanna add to that before we move on, Stacy? Yeah, I'm just gonna round this out by saying KD got on Beyonce's internet and begged Brianna Stewart to come to New York to build a dynasty, and then he left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think he knew what he was doing. He needed they needed at least one star player to hold it down. And Brianna Stewart, without question, is that star player. And then she got John Quell Jones, who's no joke herself, who mm-hmm. was just in the NBA Finals competing against the Las Vegas Aces. They all they got history with the Aces. These are two teams who could definitely know Candace Parker now, without question. The addition of CP3 and Candace Parker definitely brings them back to the drawing board. But they know now what to do and what not to do against the other big three in Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, and Aja Wilson with Becky Hammond. They now know what to do. So when you have all of that and you have um, pieces like Jones and Stewart and Inescu all on the same team, along with Courtney Vandersloot, you got a team. You got a big four. So it's going to be like a big four versus a big four. And if there's any team at this rate who was on the level of, you know, the Las Vegas Aces on paper or even or anything even close, it's now the New York Liberty with this addition. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Speaking of which. Are we ready to talk about the Seattle Storm? Let's talk. We already started. Let's go ahead and get into it. Because yeah. the, you, um, you said it. Like, a lot of us expected Brianna Stewart to carry on that torch for Sue, Sue Bird. And now she is no longer an option. So who is going to pick up that torch? And who is going to lead them in this rebuild? Good luck with Tina Charles. No shade, no tea on Tina. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> anything is possible. I am definitely not one to put another woman down. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we're not putting her out. But we're not that's putting her down at all. Big shoes to fill, even for her. Yeah, but as you just said, it's big shoes to fill, and sports in general is all about the next man up mentality. So all eyes are definitely going to be on her now because she's like what they have left. So we'll see how she takes that pressure and we'll see what she what she does with it. And we'll see how the front and back office gives her the support that she needs to restore them. Yeah, because honestly, I think I think they could be entering a rebuild mode Um, when you lose pieces like Sue Bird, when you lose pieces like Brianna Stewart, who are your two best players within the past five to six seasons in the WNBA. When you lose pieces like that and you are the Seattle Storm, who, if I'm not mistaken, has the most championships in the WNBA history with five. Um, or, yeah, no, 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 with four, Sue Bird having, I believe. Yeah, Sue Bird having winning all four of them with them. Sorry, Sue, if you ever watch this, sorry that we got, or I got your numbers mixed up a little. No shade, no tea, no disrespect. We all love you. But um, when you have all of this and you have, when you lose all of that, it's it's going to be hard to replace. 
And I think now the pressure is on Tina Charles because you wanted from you wanted out of Phoenix. She wanted gone from the Phoenix Mercury. And that's going to be a real tough team to watch this year because is Brittany Griner going to be back? Skylar Diggins-Smith, pregnant. So is she going to be ready by the, the, the WNBA season? Um, what are we going to get at this rate out of Diana Taurasi? But we could get into that after we finally wrap this topic up, which will be is, is it time, you know, for the Storm to head into a rebuild? I'm going to say you might as well. Just rip the bandage off. You got a young player in Arela Gutierrez who I think is ext- is going to be extremely underrated. Um, she definitely can shoot her ass off. They definitely got a shooter in her. Is she going to be Sue Bird level at this rate? I don't think so. But I do see her being, you know, somewhere like mid at worst. But she, without question, with her skill set, could be one of the best. And when you have that and you have someone young who really ain't going to be worth much as right now on the market because she has not played that many, you know, she has not played that many games even in L.A., you're going to have, you know, you're going to have something to work with with her. But this free agency, this draft coming up in May without, or no, correct me, coming up this month, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be what's going to determine the future of the storm from this year and beyond. But yeah, that's just my take on that. All right. So while we deal with this malfunction, we can definitely go into just a five or 10 minute break or a few seconds. So just enjoy this clip of our intro. Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Yeah, so I just showed them the intro while we was getting stuff ready. Oh, no. <laughs> but yes, I was talking. I didn't know if you could hear me, but I was like, you had to wrap that up. Um, yeah, you might as well. Um, yeah, what you, do you, you got? There, they have crater size, a uh, crater size hole to fill as it comes to talent, and this is the best time for them to mix a bunch of pieces um, together and re and shuffle things around to see what actually works. And that's it for me. Agree with that. Um, all right. So while we're wrapping it up with the WNBA, anything you would like to speak on as if what free agent moves stood out to you or anything like that? None outside of John Quell Jones going to the Liberty and um, CP3 going to Las Vegas and also Brianna Stewart going to the Liberty. I feel like those are going to be the biggest moves in the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah, um, behind Candace Parker joining the Aces. Mm-hmm. Seeing those three moves alone, I was shivered. I had I caught shivers. It was like standing outside and you know with just with just this hoodie on and thirty degree <laughs> weather on a snowy day. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I was not one of those really this year. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. 
the WNBA needs to build a super team to try to garner more attention, to garner more viewership, to garner more interest. So oh, we they're going to do that. On the map. That I mean, that I feel like that is the focus for next season. Do what we need to do to get the WNBA on the map. And yeah. it is going to take a lot of NBA players also throwing their support behind even their local teams. That would definitely help. But having a super team on one of the teams, one that's just fun to watch, I think that's a, that's a good stepping stone when it comes to increasing viewership and participation in the WNBA. Well, with Becky Hammond leading the way for the Las for the Las Vegas Aces with Candace Parker, Aja Wilson, Kelsey Plum, and Chelsea Gray, we mm-hmm. gonna definitely find out about a lot of sports fans in their opinions towards women's sports if they are not with all this excessive viewership in this in a team like this alone with the team that we see in New York right now. We're definitely gonna find out a lot, um, but. The Los Angeles Sparks, without question to me, definitely stood out in free agency as well because they did get a couple of pieces that I'm extremely impressed with. They did sign Maya. Um, they did keep Lexi Brown, which I'm extremely happy about. They did sign Maya. They did do a lot of things. So I'm definitely excited for those. Those are my three teams I'm excited for. The Sparks is out of biasness, but also because of the big signings they made. The Aces and the, obviously the Aces and the Liberty is because I want to see now what these WNBA or what these ladies are going to do in the WNBA with, ladies and gentlemen, not one but two super teams, two big fours with two great head coaches, Becky Hammond without question being the best head coach in the WNBA. Absolutely. Well, hold on. Let's not, you know, Don, you still got Don Staley in there now. Yeah, we still do. Let's so not, we definitely let's not, find let's out. Let's not forget my good sis Dawn now. But oh, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. We're still hey, we're still gonna we're gonna find out. <laughs> it's just gonna be a effort, it's gonna be a fuck around and find out here in the WNBA, and we're definitely gonna fuck around and find out. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, moving on to the final topic of this episode, Super Bowl 57 with the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And let me just say that it is crazy that so much has happened this week during Super Bowl week that we are talking about the Super Bowl, which is the the largest viewed game, the most viewed game across all sports, the most viewed telecast and program across all award shows, all singular um, specials and everything like that. And we are talking about it last in this yeah. podcast. Because, because of all that is happening. That lets you know how crazy this week has been. But the Eagles and the Chiefs, it is definitely, definitely, definitely a, 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 a great matchup. This is one, like every year you feel like there's a team that kind of slid in there that did so, that beat the odds and Maybe there was a team that you know was was hurt, and they didn't they couldn't perform the way that they could, and that's why they San Francisco beat the team there. Yep, mm-hmm. or there was you know uh, different things that um, some teams that had like it was just they just had a bad game, and they were deserving all year, didn't make it to the big game. But this see this game definitely has two very deserving teams, so I am expecting a very 
good matchup. I'm expecting a low-scoring matchup because both of these defenses are on point. I see you stretching your eyes. Offense rules both of these teams, but defense wins those championships. So the Eagles and the Chiefs defenses do not come to play. So it's going to be a great defensive stand. I don't think it's going to be – and by high scoring, I mean like 30 points. (laughs) <laughs> 25 points I think that both teams are going to max out at 20 for whoever wins um I've been just for the sake of not being a hypocrite I am going to stick with the Chiefs <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Chiefs for the sake of not being a hypocrite but the Eagles that there's no slight to the Eagles at all it's literally almost like flip a coin if you're not truly vested in it um who's going to win the Eagles are definitely very strong uh, we love to see um, hashtag Black Quarterback Bowl during Black History Month. Love to see it. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited for Sunday. I personally think, especially because I don't have any money on the game or a dog in the fight, that I'm not going to lose on Sunday because I'm going to watch Got it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whew, this is going to be the hardest pick in the Super Bowl for me because usually my Super Bowl picks, you know, I land. But it's going to be hard for me to land because – I can't bet against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I can't bet against the Chiefs either. Um, to me, I think, you know, I, I got to agree with you just a little because of your takes that this could be, without question, a defensive battle because I think Chris Jones and these guys are here to make a statement, but we know what it is with Philadelphia's defense already. And then the same question that we could have about who on Philadelphia is going to step up to stop Travis Kelsey, Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster, and them boys? We can ask the same question as well about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Um, Isaiah Pecco, you got Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. So I think this, without question, is a much-needed Super Bowl. This is the first ever time, by the way, that two black quarterbacks are playing against each other in the Super Bowl. And they both got history with one coach that is coming in with the other. So when you have all of that and you have two teams who finished the year, if I'm not mistaken, both 13 and four or 13 and three or something like that. But either way, as the top seeds in their conference with two quarterbacks without question at this rate, who I think the MVP award is going to come down to you without question this oh this without question correct me is going to be the game to watch and I think with and rightfully so it will be game of the year because it's two of the very best on paper and record wise and film wise that are matching up in the big game in the game that matters the most this is what we've been waiting for this is what the Super Bowl needs we all pretty much could have had a pretty good idea how the last two Super Bowls are going to play out, especially where they were and the advantages they did have on the other teams. But it's not that way anymore. It's not that way this year. It's two teams that are practically identical. One may have a slight edge over the other because of the defense, and that would be Philadelphia because mm-hmm. they are the better defensive team. But Kansas City could definitely show me up, shut you up, shut us all up, and prove us wrong. And we all know what Patrick Mahomes can do. Now that he's going to be healthy – who this is going to be a healthy Patrick Mahomes in this Super Bowl. And we saw in the AFC Championship what a healthy Patrick Mahomes can do. So we could definitely find that out. Patrick Mahomes could do. Even though he (laughs) is playing this trip, a much advanced offensive line, 
a yeah. much more advanced secondary. So we're gonna definitely find out a lot. We're this is gonna be a definite um excuse me for my language, but it's gonna be a definite fuck around and find out game. We're gonna definitely find out about both of these teams, not only for this season, but who they're gonna be for the near future. And I said before I say it again, you're the Philadelphia Eagles. You are the first ever number one seed, in my opinion, that is playing with house money because no one is expecting you to win this game, but no one's going to be surprised that you are because we understand the good to the great team that you are. But if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, it's do or die because you got back here. A lot of people questioning how you won that game. I'm not because I felt like the referee, the BS calls went both ways. And I'm not even speaking mm -hmm. on someone who can't stand the damn Bengals or their fans. I'm speaking from a real standpoint because I see things that came from Kansas City that, you know, the refs called in, you know, in favor of Cincinnati, but I also seen it in called the Kansas City, too. So that's why I really tried not to add my two cents into that to a certain extent. And but, actually, if it comes down to one call or one play, you already lost the game. So <laughs> it, it, it shouldn't one yeah. call to one play, one play shouldn't shouldn't break the game like it sucks. It does. Sometimes. It does, but, but it is what it is. But they did not do themselves a favor turning the ball over two times with Kansas City only turning the ball over once. With two turnovers being taken away from KC plus a touchdown. But three third downs is unheard of. And so those two examples alone show me that that game went either way. Kansas City just capitalized more. But you could definitely argue. I definitely understand where everyone's coming from with that AFC Championship game. But back to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be that way. I think they're going to put the best of the best out there because I would not want to be dealing with these Philadelphia fans if you're those referees. Mm -mm. These people are not playing with you in Philadelphia. They Cut will get your ass if you even think about they calling a BS call that can screw their out What hotel you stay in at, they will find your room number. They will find your house. They will rob your car. <laughs> Listen, that's they they and, and, and this is the difference between Eagles fans and Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans have a lot of lip. They just get on your nerves. Eagles fans reminds me of another team. Difference is they don't have world titles, but next episode we can talk about that. There you go. But Eagles fans about that action. Like I I don't I will because you know, I'm not no punk. I'm not going to back down. But right. I would think twice before getting into it with an Eagles fan. Because they they really they they're really about it, and I really appreciate being from a sports city with wishy washy fans. I love y'all, no shade, no tea, Falcons nations, but y'all already know how y'all are. We got to be better, but mm, but um, I really do bring too far off. <laughs> but um, I really do appreciate how hard they go for their team, and it's really exhilarating to see. Even when they were terrible, when they had no rings, Phillies fans always went hard. So I'm very happy for them that they are getting their second Super Bowl um, in, what, like five years. So that's cool. Yeah, and this will be their third Super Bowl in the past, I believe, in the past 20 years. Yeah. Um, so it definitely, without question, will be a huge matchup to watch out for. But... We just had some breaking news while we was recording this show. So Justin uh -oh. Jefferson did win Offensive Player of the Year, AP Offensive oh, Player of the Year. So go. congratulations. And Nick Bosa, no surprise, did no win surprise. AP Defensive Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. So 
congrats to those two as we definitely is recording and seeing this ourselves. But um, man, you're picking the Chiefs. I gotta stick with them, you know. I can't. I gotta. I can't switch it up. If I'm locked in, ain't no switching up, man. So we going with the Chiefs. <laughs> I picked them to win the AFC, but it's gonna be so hard. Um, but and honestly, I, I told you it's not an easy choice. It's All not. of my other choices through through the um playoffs and the championship, I'm like, oh yeah, easy. This is not an easy choice. This is it's not, not because it's two of the very best, and this game could go out the way. But yeah. I think it's really gonna determine whose offense is better. Because it, since I do think that it's gonna be such a low scoring ga- scoring game, those points are going to matter. So it is going to come down to whose offense can actually get some points on the board or make something happen because these defenses are going to be all over it. I don't think they're going to have many opportunities to put together super long drives and put exactly. points on the board. So you have to be on point. You can't make any errors if you are on the offensive side of the ball in this game because these defenses are going to be all over it. Yes. I just got questions, though, about the Chiefs secondary because who's going to stop A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? But then again, who's going to stop Travis Kelsey? You know right. what? I'm going to go with the money line. Um, I'm with you, Stace. I'm going to pick Kansas City. I ain't going to bet on this game. I might bet on the coach. <laughs> like, I, I might bet on the stats, but I'm not going to bet mm-hmm. on this game. I can't. I'm not going to bet on the outcome. Um, But I'm going to just pick Kansas City because I feel like They're here to make a statement. Like I said, Philadelphia is playing with house money, and they are the first ever number one seed to do so. So, yes, I'm going to stick with my pick with Kansas City, and you're picking the Chiefs as well, I believe. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. So to all of you who tuned in, thank you. If you you were not able to make it, well, we definitely will have still have the audio available to you all on Apple, Google, Amazon Music, Pandora, and everywhere else. You could definitely look you at our website and find out where. And yeah, that will be it for us. Good night, everyone. And we will can't we will see you next week. Can't wait to talk about this Super Bowl win. And who we will have as our guests. And who we will have as our guest. So we definitely will be announcing that on our Twitter and Instagram as a promo poll. So if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Mike Bomb. And we're also now on TikTok. So definitely expect some big takes from me and Stace along with Kayla when she returns, hopefully by next week. And yeah, you'll definitely see what you missed. So this has been the Mike Bomb Podcast. Me, Shayla, and Stacey both signing out. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, follow, and listened to the podcast, and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues along with more news about the podcast.
Thank you for your support and see you next episode. Every night and I pray, asking Lord let him heal.